I love them. I don't care what anybody thinks. I love the Beatles for them, and I'll always love them. Even when I'm 105 and an old grandmother, I'll love them. Hello, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to the second episode of the She Loves You podcast. I could not be more excited um, to bring you this amazing, amazing new episode that I'm going to be doing for you guys. Um, how long have you all been? I hope good. Um, I know it's been a couple weeks since I've um, spoken to you guys last, depending on when you've heard me. Um, I've just been wanting to get this episode so right um, because it means the world to me to bring this episode to life. So I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to do this today. Um, for those of you who have just joined us, um, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Natalia. I am a 22-year-old Beatle maniac, and this is the She Loves You podcast where we talk about the women in the Beatles' lives, everyone from the wives, the girlfriends, the friends, the affairs, the uh, colleagues, the family, everybody who inspired these incredible men into doing what they do. Um... I just wanted to say also, you guys, um, thank you so much for everybody who has taken the time to listen to my first episode. It's incredible the amount of comments I've received, the private messages, everyone saying how excited they are and how they loved my first episode. And I could not be more thankful. You guys are the best, seriously. Um, it's also amazing to see how much you all care about these amazing women. Um, it, it fills my heart because it, it, it makes me just so happy to see that we all can acknowledge how incredible they were and how much of Beatle fans there are, which I think is also really, really cool. Um, cause I tend to think that I'm like the only one, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty exciting. So I wanted to give you all th many thanks, so many thanks. And, um, thank you for tuning in because it, it means a lot when you all decide to listen because it, it, it. You know, podcasting is work. Um, I, I've realized that. I, I I thought it would be just, oh, you pick up a mic and you do it and you, you know, publish it and it should be that, you know, but it's it's not. It's it's more it's more than it is and um it's it makes me so happy to to know that people are actually listening because it, it, it doesn't validate me because I, I, I know myself and all that, but it, it it helps um it helps me see how much love there is and that makes me very happy so thank you to everybody that listened and if you have not had the chance please go ahead and watch the first episode i talk about me how i became a beatles fan and how i particularly came to love these incredible women mostly so if you want to go ahead and check it out you can check it out i am on apple podcasts and on spotify um there is a link to my on my instagram to go to my pages um if for some reason you can't find the podcast because that's kind of been an issue that we've been dealing with but if you want to get ahead and check it out on my link on my instagram it's right all up on there all the info um if you and if you ever want to know more about me um just go ahead and message me on my private instagram uh, or on my sorry on my instagram page on my um she loves you and it's at she loves you podcast so you can find me up there um but yeah i am like so 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 excited for this episode you guys um i've been redoing this podcast many times i've had to restart and re-record so many times because i want to get this so right because i think that this um this lady that i'm about to talk about is uh is so 
underrated and everything and I just admire her and I admire you know everything that she went through in life so I'm so excited today to talk about Miss Cynthia Lennon now um for those of you who don't really know about Beetle Girls or Cynthia in particular um maybe because you're new to all this and you're trying to discover things that's totally cool I'm here to fill you in don't you worry um I would highly recommend that you pick up Cynthia's memoir her 2005 memoir entitled John simply John um it is very revealing it's probably uh, no it it is um my favorite Beatle bio slash John Lennon bio biography um because it's 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 someone who really lived with John for most of his um life you know um but it's someone also that i think is completely misunderstood in beatles history to this day um cynthia unfortunately has always been reduced to john lennon's meek first wife and the only reason that they got together was because she got pregnant and you know he would have never married her and was is essentially a footnote in the john lennon story john lennon's life which is far from the truth um, so if you really want to know the true story, I would highly recommend that you read um, her book because it, it will give you an insight into John Lennon like you've never seen before. You will discover things about him. You will realize a lot of things about him, which I think is the first time I read this book, I was amazed because, you know, I, I'd been like I mentioned in my intro episode, I'd been a fan, but I never knew much about him as a person or, you know, or at least I, I like to think that we all know about John as a person. But it's, you know, you don't really know a person until you know them, right? Until you live with them, until you've been with them. Um, and, and Cynthia certainly um, lived an extraordinary life with John. So her book is definitely um, a must read for any Beatle fan, I think. Um, and it's also one of the most honest memoirs that I've ever read in my life. Because I, I think sometimes memoirs can be a little, what's the word? I suppose that they can be very me, 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 me. And I think what I loved about Cynthia's memoir is that while it was about her and it is her story, she really, she really talks about the 60s from the viewpoint of someone that lived through history but yet was still kind of an outsider in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about her book. Um, but also just the tone of her voice, the way that she went about the world is truly, truly incredible. She is so kind in every page. You know, if that's even possible, she never utters a bad word about anyone, a bad sentiment, never makes the memoir feel as though it's a tell-all because a lot of, you know, trashy memoirs I've read in my life can can go that to that length. They can be more of a tell-all rather than a, this is my experience and I'm telling it honestly, but in a respectful way, right? So hers really is one of the most respectful sort of life accounts that I've ever read and it's it's an incredible read and I I highly encourage you all of you who have not read it to read it I read it over like five times and each time it's it's interesting each time I discover more things and it's it's incredible an incredible read so like I said I highly encourage you all to read it 
Um, and also, fun fact, if y'all didn't know, she actually wrote her first sort of memoir in the 70s when John was still alive, and it was a big sort of like legal battle. But um, interestingly enough, John did manage to read it, I believe. And he actually, you know, laid off any sort of charge that he was going to sue her for because he realized how respectful the memoir was and it had like nothing but good things to say about him. And it's it's truly incredible because I think John realized at that moment, yeah, she's too much of a respectful person. She wouldn't stoop to that level. So um, if you can find that on Amazon, I would actually recommend you read it because it's really, really interesting. Um, you know, sort of a He's still alive, so I can't say anything too bad. Not that she would, but it is it is interesting. So if you can find it on Amazon, that's great. It's called A Twist of Lenin. It, I, I actually own it, and I read it, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so in, I thought I'd tell you guys a little about her life. I, I'm not going to do a full biography because I think, I think most of us know about their lives i would hope so but i'm gonna give a short sort of summary of her life um and just kind of explore that and and um set some things straight so uh yeah let's let's dive into it so cynthia lennon was born cynthia powell in liverpool on september the 10th 1939 um, she came from a very, very loving home. Lillian and Charles were her parents, and Tony and Charles Jr. were her brothers. Um, Lillian, like I said, and Charles were loving parents. They um, adored Cynthia, and they adored her brothers as well. Um, they were um, very encouraging to all their children, um, particularly Cynthia's, because from a young age, she was a very, very gifted uh artist. She um, actually at the age of 12 received a grant for the junior art school, which is not an easy thing to do, especially as a 12 year old. So um, it's it's incredible that she was able to um, get into the school. But her talent showed and um, it was so exciting for her parents to see that. Um, she, like I said, went to the junior art school. Um, and as she became a teenager and grew up, she realized that she wanted to be in the art world. Um, more particularly, she wanted to be a graphic artist and a teacher. Um, at, when she turned, I want to say 17, about to be 18, so she was about to graduate high school, which I'm not sure what they call in England. I know there's a particular term for it, but my English uh, you know, vernacular is not hitting my head right now. But there is a particular term for it. But in America, we call it high school, so I'm going to go with high school. But once she graduated her high school, um, which in England is called something different, um, she unfortunately got the news that her father was very, very sick. Very, very sick. I believe it's lung cancer, but I, my brain is fried, quarantine brain. But um, yeah, it was lung cancer, I believe so. So he was not doing well, and there wasn't a lot of expectancy that he would live, unfortunately. Um, but at around the same time, she got into the Liverpool College of Art, which is also a very, very, very prestigious place and a very big deal. So she was over the moon about it, but her father was very, very sick. So she had to make a hard decision. Her father told her, I don't think we'll have the money to be able to send you there because he was very sick and they needed to pay hospital bills and she had to take care of her mom. And it was very, very hard. 
Um, her brothers were a bit older than her, so they were kind of formulating their lives at that point. So it was a little harder for them to constantly be there. Um, but uh, her mother, Lillian, an amazing woman, told her not to worry that she was going to go to art school, that everything would be taken care of. And she got to go, which was incredible. So she went to the Liverpool College of Art, started kind of in the late 50s, and this was the meeting place that would change her life forever. She met a young teddy boy by the name of John Lennon in her class, and at first she could not stand him. He was a complete troublemaker, um, would constantly make fun of everybody and anybody, um, and soon he started making fun of her, which in turn made her so mad. <laughs> so incredibly mad that she hoped that he would just disappear forever and never ever come around her anymore <laughs> but um yeah in turn but i guess that's it's true what they say right when you like like someone you tend to make fun of them or rather i guess that's like a boyish like a kid type of thing where if the boy makes fun of you he really likes you but um you know in this case it was true john uh from the first, there's a quote that um, an old classmate of theirs said, and I'm not not quoting it directly, but um, from the first time John saw her in sort of the uh, college dining hall, he was amazed. He immediately had this attraction to her and could not believe um, how pretty she was. So it was, I would say that the attraction, at least on John's part, was always there. Um... And then eventually it went to Cynthia. She was highly attracted to him. She became very attracted to him and actually began falling for him, which is just so sweet. Um, they eventually got together. Um, John was a bit of a jealous, possessive boyfriend at the start of their relationship. Um, from all accounts, it seems that as though he could be very possessive about any sort of girl that he you know, had a relationship with, which is... Uh, very frustrating because <laughs> um, I, I feel like why would you be so possessive about someone if if you know that you, they have your heart and like that you, they are with you why would you be possessive why would you be so jealous I mean it, I, I'm assuming unfortunately it has a lot to do with his traumas and his insecurities which came up a lot during their relationship um, he was always kind of constantly hoping to be reassured by her that she loved him and, and she would she would always say like I love you of course I do um but you know he needed that reassurance I think because a lot of people in his life left him and it was hard it was very hard she she was saying in her book you know I could soften the blows a little bit but when John was you know really sad he could be sad there was only so much I could do which is you know it's a burden that no one should go through I mean it it's it's hard um, but yeah, that was something also that they connected a lot on was, um, the death of a parent. Cynthia lost her father a little before John's and John lost his mother around the time that they really began talking. So, um, it was, it was, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but they, like I said, they dated, um, and they were very much in love at that time. Um, it was, I would say the most, uh, sort of not not the most in love that they were but it was such a sweet period because it was sort of that first love type thing because they were each other's first love and it's um it's very very sweet to read about in the book which i highly recommend you all read but um it's very very sweet to read about i think it's also sweet to kind of 
see John in this really romantic, sweet way. And I think that's also another thing I admire so much about their relationship was that he never made anything with her public. It was all very private, but in those private, intimate moments that they would have, it was caring and very sweet and full of love, which she actually says is her favorite moments as well, was those private moments that they could get, not with fans or press or, you know, before all the craziness, you know. Um, Eventually, they dated for about four years, uh, which is a pretty, pretty long time, up until the point where, um, unfortunately... Cynthia got pregnant with their son Julian, which was a little shocking to say the least. They were both still very young, still in college. Well, John, I think, dropped out by that point because the Beatles were becoming. So um, Cynthia was very crushed. She was hoping to continue her art career um, to be an art teacher, but unfortunately nothing panned out um, because she realized that she was going to have to uh, become a mother quicker than she would have liked. Um, But the wonderful selfless thing that she did was she decided at that point, I'm probably going to have to let John go because she did not want to have to burden him with the thought of having a child so young. So it was incredible. To me, it's incredible to see like such selflessness from someone because I think, you know, when these things happen, um, we immediately just think, okay, well, you know, he's probably gonna have to step up which in most cases he should and he definitely should step up and be there for the child or whatever um but she was just such a selfless person and thought you know his career means more to me than anything so i have to be prepared to let him go because she uh wanted to keep the baby um and she was ready for john to say you know goodbye and probably just end it there and then and there but quite the opposite happened actually um john was the one to say that they should marry um, which isn't too much a surprise because a little unknown fact that most people don't know is that John really actually was very keen on marrying her way before a pregnancy even happened. They were um, in Hamburg at the time because the Beatles were playing and Cynthia went for a visit, um, one of her few visits to Hamburg. And John actually proposed to her on the beach, which is so, so incredible, you know, Um to see or to hear that he was ready to marry her, which I think is also another misconception is that John was forced into a marriage that he did not want any part in. Um, But it, you know, that could not be further from the truth. He was ready to marry her. There's an amazing quote that Pete Best says that um, he says that John would always talk about Cynthia with him and how when the Beatles finally took off he was going to propose and they were going to have a life together and settle down and have a family and it's it's just so wonderful to see that you know he really did want to marry her and you know this pregnancy yeah it came faster than any of them wanted to and it may have halted a lot of plans but John said no we're marrying and that's that because I love you and I'm not letting you down I'm not going to let you go now you know So he was extremely enthusiastic about the marriage. Um, His sister Julia actually recounts in her book, which is another amazing book that I think you all should read. Um, She recounts in her book how uh, Mimi was incredibly distressed. John's aunt Mimi was incredibly distressed over the marriage. She thought he is making the biggest mistake of his life. He's going to regret it all um, and that he shouldn't marry her. Even Mrs. Powell, Cynthia's mother, said that it should not the wedding should not happen and that they should not go through with it. You know, everyone was very against this marriage. But John, 
but John. John was the most keen on it happening, and he insisted. And Julia recalls John saying, I love her. What is wrong with you all? I'm marrying her. We are having a baby, and I'm going to marry her. I love you. You all are insane. So it's so... It's just so great. Ah, it makes me squeal how happy he was to be able to um, say that he loved her that much, that he wanted to be with her and that he wanted to have their baby. So it's 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 wonderful. So they get married. Um, Beatlemania really begins to take off. And Cynthia is having to unfortunately hide the marriage because Brian Epstein, their manager, insisted that it would not be good for John's image to be uh, of a married man. He needed to be single. He needed to have the fan base believing that he was single because it would get more fans, which is such a weird logic to me, but you know. Um, And also Cynthia recounts in her book, pop stars or any sort of famous person in the public eye, you didn't talk about your private life. It isn't like it is now where, you know, We'll hear about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, you know, divorcing or, you know, this celebrity couple broke up and this is why in the 60s, that just wasn't a thing. You didn't hear about people's private lives. It would actually have been very scandalous if anyone even found out that, you know, like this person got divorced, this person married, this person likes this, you know, you didn't talk about it. So it wasn't very surprising that they would have to hide the marriage, but it didn't hurt. It's not like it hurt any less, you know, Cynthia had to go around, um, pretending that she did not know who John Lennon was or, you know, that anything was, um, was happening. So it's, it's incredibly, um, it's, it, it takes a very strong person to do that because, you know, I, I don't think I could have done that. I really don't think I would have been able to hide my marriage. That's crazy to me, but she did it because she was an incredibly selfless person and she did it for John's career, which is so important to me, or was so important to her, sorry. Um, But she did that. And for a time, it was a secret, but it wasn't long until the press found out that John was a married man. And when they were actually um, in Paris in the early early 1964, uh, it came out in a newspaper. You know, people discovered that John Lennon had a secret wife and a secret little baby. I don't know how the press got pictures of Julian. I find that creepy beyond belief, but they somehow got pictures of the baby. Um, And it was all discovered, but it didn't change anything. The fans... Sure, it might have been a little crushed that, you know, their idol was probably married, but it didn't change anything. If anything, the Beatles got more fans. Um, And Cynthia became a little fan favorite as well. Um, And it was amazing because at that point, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand uh, got number one in America, which was a big, big turning point in the boys' lives. And um, they went to America. And of course, John insisted that Cynthia come with them. Because she had been there since the beginning, you know, when the Quarrymen formed. She was there every night at the Casbah, at um, the Cavern. Uh, She went to Hamburg with them. So John said that, of course, she was supposed to come, which was so great. And she went. And they played the Ed Sullivan show where they, it was also announced that John was married. If you know what clip I'm talking about, where it says, you know, sorry, girls, John is married, which is so funny to me. Um, 
but also just sweet because I like to think, oh, God, she must have been so happy that it was all out in the open and they didn't have to pretend anymore. And it was wonderful. So she was with them on the first major sort of tour that they went on. And also, I should mention, you know, that's really incredible. She was the only Beatle girl to ever tour with them. And I think that's incredible because no one else was allowed. Um, given America was a completely different world to her, not necessarily the place, but being on the road. Um, she realized all the access that you get when you become a musician on the road, when you become in the public eye, you know, people follow you, people know you. So it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And also she realized the women were a big part of being on the road. And at that moment she realized you know, he's probably not faithful to me. And that's the truth. This is just what it is. You have women throwing themselves at you. Um, And that was a hard thing for her to come around, but she stuck through it. She stuck through it because deep in her heart, she she, um, thought or, you know, came to the conclusion that when John comes home, that's my John, which is a interesting way to go about it. I mean, only a very dedicated, strong person, I think, can wrap their minds around that and kind of come to not a sort of place of being okay, but a place of acceptance. And it's 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 crazy to me. Um, but I admire her strength to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, John was not the most faithful husband at all, you could say. Um, he had a lot of affairs, frequent affairs with a lot of people, which these ladies we will actually talk about in future episodes, because, um, even if they were doing something I don't necessarily agree with, um, they are still women with stories and we like to highlight that because this is a place of no judgment. So, um, we do like to highlight the women in their lives and we will talk about them actually soon. Um, but he was having affairs, unfortunately. Um, but she put up with a lot of it and she put up with a lot. You know, I don't like to gloss over too many things, but um, she put up with a lot from John. Um, but they were still very much in love, which I think is uh, something that's not really acknowledged either in like a lot of Beatle books or by Beatle people that the marriage was a very happy one. Um, Cynthia remembers it being, you know, when John would get home, it would be the best because he would want to know what he missed and he'd want to be there all the time. And my favorite thing, I think, is they would have this thing called John and Sin Time where they would watch TV together, just cuddle on the couch. And um, John would pick flowers for her from the garden with little Julian. And it's, it's, it's very sweet. I think it's also sweet to know of like the normal life that they led away from the road, away from the press, away from the public eye. It's, it's just very sweet to me. So it, it also just shows how loving they were as a couple and how private they were. Like I said, I think the privacy is just so important because um, he never had to show off his relationship with Cynthia. And I think that's like one of the best things about it is that their private life was their private life. And it makes it all that much more special. Um, But as the 60s came around, so did a lot of drug taking. Um, John was an avid drug taker. His favorite was uh, LSD. Um, It did not really do a lot of favors for the marriage, unfortunately. Um... Cynthia tried it. It was not her favorite. She couldn't understand why anyone would need to do it. Um, but again, the 60s was a time of experimenting and a lot of young people did it. A lot of young people. Um, 
but John became, unfortunately, I think a little bit addicted to it, and it caused a lot of problems. It also kind of began the cycle of them realizing that they wanted different things in life, which I think is never easy, because when you're with someone, you think that you want all the same things, but then as you get older and probably evolve, especially if you get married very young, you're going to be a different person, right? You're going to change as time goes by, and I think they just were both different people at that point. And opposites attract, you know, of course, that's not what I'm saying. But I think when it gets to a point, you have to kind of have those same qualities or rather same sort of ideals. And I think when you're um, also thrust into the public like John and Cynthia were, it can be even harder because you're living in a in two kind of worlds right like here's my uh sort of public eye world you know i'm a beetle but i also have a home so i think it was hard at that point for john to kind of wrap his head around the responsibilities versus uh the privacy and all of that so it's um it's it's hard but like i said the marriage began to disintegrate and they just wanted different things and unfortunately john also fell in love which was not what she expected at all but she also says that it was inevitable and that it was uh something that she couldn't have prevented so it's a bit of a hard time in their lives so with yoko Uh, came a lot of changes. Um, John fell madly in love with her and he decided to leave Cynthia, which was very, very tragic Um, for a lot of people. um, A lot of their friends, um, Paul McCartney was actually very, very um, affected by it. And um, he, because, you know, he was friends with both of them and Sin, like I said, had been around the boys since they were teenagers. So um, Paul considered her one of his great friends and it was it was very hard for him to let that go. And, um, you know, on one day when he went to visit her and Julian, you know, because he also felt particularly bad for Julian because any kid going through a divorce, it, it, it has to be tough, you know. So, um, and Paul being the kid lover that he is, um, decided to visit them. And he wrote probably the, one of the biggest hits of the Beatles, um, Hey Jude. It came out of that trip that he took. And um, he wanted to make Julian and Cynthia feel better, which is so great of him. But um, they decided to divorce, or rather John left, and the divorce was inevitable. Um, and um, the contact with Julian became sporadic. Um, it, was an, it was on and off. Um, and the contact with Cynthia was non-existent because John um, decided not to even go there and did not want anything to do with her except for Julian, um, which is so sad because it's like, why couldn't you have even been friends? Why couldn't you have tried for the sake of your son? But, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. I think John, um, and it's been mentioned, she thinks in her book that um, John was not a confrontational person. And he didn't want to have to deal with um, mistakes that he might have made. So it's um, it's unfortunate that they were never able to be true friends, I think. Um, they got to a point where it was turning, but no, it was never, again, what it used to be. Um, but Cynthia actually married a second time to a wonderful man named Roberto Bassanini. Uh, the marriage, unfortunately, did not last. Um she would marry two other times as well um none of the marriages last um 
but her last marriage to a man named Noel Charles was her most successful marriage. And actually, um, I think he was the love of her life, which is just so sweet because I think he was exactly who she needed to be with. Um, but like I said, contact with Julian became sporadic over the years and, um, John really was not there for Julian as much as, um, he was, he wanted him to be. And and it's, it saddened her more than anything because, you know, having John not be in her life was hard, but it was more hard because of their son, right? Because you want the parents to have at least an amicable relationship, but it was never, um, it was never able to get to that point. Um, but, um, around 1974, when John and Yoko separated and he was with his assistant, May Pang, um, things started to turn around. There was more contact. Um, and actually Cynthia was able to actually talk to John, which was kind of incredible. And they were coming to a place where they were friendlier with each other. Um, but, um, it would soon not last once, um, John and May broke up and he went back with Yoko. Yoko and John had little Sean, um, and this contact became sporadic again. It, it came and it went. Um, but they, but by the end of 1979, sort of 1980, the contact became much more regular and there was a lot of phone calls and John and Julian were actually getting to know each other really for the first time, which was such an incredible time but unfortunately what we all know happened in 1980 tragedy struck john was assassinated and it was very hard for cynthia losing john she lost a man who was her first love the father of her child someone she went through so much history with and it was so incredibly hard but it was harder for julian that was his father and you know she always wanted them to be very very close and um just it, it it's ironic right just when he's getting to know him properly um tragedy strikes and um it's sort of i think like a parallel to john's own mother where he had just been getting to know her and tragedy struck and she passed away so it's very sad but she had to be there for julian which i always admire because that's that was her main concern is that julian would be okay because you know, you don't, as a mother, you want to be there for your kids at all times, especially when something tragic happens. And, um, she, she was strong. She was strong. And, and, um, Julian was there for his mom, which is is very, very important. So I, it's, uh, it's a bit of a tragedy, but, um, in the eighties and nineties, Cynthia continued to get more into the public light, um, with her art. She began, um, doing exhibitions with her best best friend in the world phyllis um and she was very successful actually she uh sold a lot of pieces and did a lot of beetle uh drawings which sold very much and it was incredible so she was getting her life um back she became the artist you know again which was great um and like i said her last husband noel charles was the love of her life they uh were together up until his death i believe in 2013 um but around 2015, tragedy struck in the Beatles community and Cynthia passed away from cancer, I believe, um, which is so incredibly sad. I remember being in class when I heard about it and I just, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that this happened. I was so saddened and heartbroken. Um, I, I, I was just in shock. I, I was in shock. I was in Spanish class and we had to talk, we had to do like verbs and I, I could not even focus on anything. Um, 
I was just so sad. And I, I was, I, I believe I couldn't speak. That was how sad I was. Um, but it's been a couple years now since her death. And I like to always take the time and reflect, especially on that day and on her birthday about, um, what an incredible lady I think she was and what she did for Beatles history. And also, uh, you know, all that she did, all that she did from being there when the quarrymen were still the quarrymen, um, being with John at the hardest points of Beatlemania and so forth, going to the first U.S. visit, being the only girl to tour with them, providing John the emotional support that he needed to be able to continue. Because I always say, I, d I think if Cynthia hadn't been there, he would have gone mad, like he would have gone crazy. So she provided that stability for him with Julian and she was able to give him the home that he needed. Um, but that and being at every major Beatle event, because when you really put the timeline together, she was there through every single major Beatle event. And I don't think any other Beatle girl could say that, or rather, I don't think any other sort of associate could say that. Um, so it's it, it's incredible. She was on the scene before Brian Epstein or George Martin or Pete Best or, you know, like she was there from the beginning, the very, very beginning. Um, so I, I honestly, I've always said this and it's a bit of a controversial statement, but I totally believe it. And like, no one can change my mind. I truly believe that she is the fifth Beatle. Like if we're going to, if we're going to, if we're going to name fifth Beatles, she is like number one with a bullet. And there's no exception. She might not have been in the studio at all times. She might not have been playing any of the instruments, but she is a key player in this story. And I think for those reasons alone, she is the fifth Beatle. There's actually a wonderful article. Um, if you guys haven't read the John Lennon nine-volume series by Jude Kessler, what are you doing with your life? Please go ahead and go read um, the first couple books that are out. Um, Jude Kessler, she's a Beatles a kind of historian not a historian but she's like a scholar and she's particularly on the life of John Lennon she um like I said is writing this nine volume series that is uh incredible I've read the first book so far and like it is incredible because it's it's a fascinating um way to do a biography it's an it's in a narrative form so you get to read about John's life but the way a novel would be read um so it's not the typical he was born this day and born that day it's it's a narrative form so you're entertained it's as though you're reading a story but about someone's life so it's incredible and I and I think what's great is you get like John's inner thoughts so you kind of are in what he sees so it's it's an incredible incredible uh series of books and like i said it's a nine volume book series so she's currently working on all of them and some of them have not even been released yet but i'm so excited to read the later years as well because i think that's like such a great john era to explore because a lot was going on during his late years um but yeah like i said her books are incredible i've actually had the chance to meet jude at beatles fest um I think, what was it? Was it 2019 Beatles Fest? Yeah, I think it was 2019 Beatles Fest. Or was it 2020? I can't remember. No, it was 2019. Um, but she's such an incredible person in keeping John's uh, legacy alive and just a very, very sweet person. And um, she actually knows my page, which is 
incredible to me um and she she said that she's thankful that i'm keeping uh cynthia's legacy alive as well about talking about these ladies so it's um it's pretty inspiring but she actually writes um for beatles fest because they have a blog she writes for it and there is a great um blog post that she wrote called why cynthia lennon is the fifth beetle and i highly recommend that you all read it I'll try to link it to my link tree um, on my Instagram if you want to like go ahead and check it out because it's a great read. Um, but there she kind of explains her reasons for why Cynthia is the fifth Beatle. And I completely agree because I've always thought it, but I was kind of afraid to even murmur it because I get these like kind of, what do you mean? She's not even in the band type things. So um, it's it's a wonderful read and I highly recommend. So I will put it in my Instagram link so you can all read it um yeah i i've always said that she is and i think that she's the fifth beetle it's been such an honor um to be able to have a page dedicated to her for as long as i have um and it hasn't been too long it's only been a couple years but it's been an amazing experience to be able to um bring some sort of uh what's the word light on her life and her legacy and what she's done for Beatles history um I get so many like it, it actually makes me so emotional sometimes seeing the all the people that just recognize how great she was um because like I said I think it's so it's so easy to not remember her um particularly because I think the John Lennon image has um preserved as sort of uh, very one-dimensional and and I don't know I could be saying crap and controversy but it's it's very one-dimensional and we don't I don't think we get the full person um so it's always nice I think to know that um John's time with Cynthia and her time with him was very um special to all involved and everybody and I think what I love about um her is that everybody that knew her and everybody that was friends with her goes on record saying how sweet and kind and wonderful she was um which i think shows a lot about a person when you're you know able to say how sweet and how kind she was um it, it just to me shows an incredible amount of um love that people had for her and i think it's i think it's great and i'm i'm so happy with that um some fun news um because i'm always <laughs> I've always said that I think that Beatle Girls in particular should get like a movie of their own or like a Netflix TV show because I've always said it would be such a fun idea to have like episodes right about each of the girls and their lives and stuff but um the, I, I could we'll talk about that in another episode because it's it, it's another thing we'll we'll particularly talk about portrayals of Beatle Girls in movies because I that's oh that's a whole other topic for a day but um I've always said that I think their stories are so incredible that they should be brought to life. And particularly Cynthia's life, I have always thought that her story is the essential, like, Beatles story. And I think it it deserves um, all the recognition it gets. And um, it's, it's kind of hard for me to believe that, like, no one has thought of making a movie um, until recently. Um, some fun news I have to tell you, if you don't already know... Um, there is currently, or it has been shot, but um, there is a movie, a short, a short, a short film, um, on Cynthia and her early um 
marriage with John. It's called Sin, A True Story, and it is coming out in March. And it is by a English director. Um, I've had the pleasure of speaking to him. And this is truly a passion project. It is um, something that he has been wanting to do for years and he finally got it and it's taken a couple years to get off the ground. Um, but Julian is an executive producer and he's very involved with it and it's um, incredible, truly incredible. And um, I have a I have a community of girls that I speak to who um, are big Cynthia fans like me and we have actually been petitioning for a movie for a very 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 long time there's a petition that we have and it's gotten a lot of signatures which I'm very very excited about Um, but when we heard the news and we heard that this was actually being made it was oh it was so satisfying because finally her story is being told and I could not have been more happier we couldn't have been more happier (laughs) so um it unfortunately due to the circumstances of covid and so on um it is going to hopefully be going to film festivals in march when it's released um but until then streaming and so forth will be uh, announced if you know because he said that um everyone will be able to watch it which i'm hopeful about and i'm hoping it'll come to a streaming service of some kind or some sort of website that we could watch it on um so it's very very exciting um and i have a lot of information about it on my cynthia page if you want to go ahead and um follow it there um i have a a highlight for it It just describes all the information and when it's coming out and and so forth and they have a website and twitter it's called sin films so if you want to check it out it's um it's an incredible project and i'm so so thrilled that this lady is finally getting the recognition that she deserves and um the incredible praise that she's gotten um from him and everyone a part of this film i could not thank you more it makes me so happy when any of these girls are mentioned but especially cynthia um and yeah i'm incredibly excited to be able to see it and i hope you guys are too um there's a wonderful cast wonderful costumes wonderful um set design i mean everything everything from the pictures just looks fantastic so i'm very very excited and i'm also very excited to see them on film i think because it's based on her memoir and I've read it so many times that seeing it played out is going to be like, whoo, just so, so exciting. So I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to see it. And I hope you guys are too. I'm so excited for any of you, like I said, who have not read her book or really don't know much about her. I'm so excited for you guys to learn more about this incredible lady. Um, if you would like, go visit my page, Cynthia Lennon Daily on Instagram and go ahead and give me a message and we'll talk about Cynthia all day, every day, because I can talk about her all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that you guys were able to join me on this incredible episode and it was so much fun to make. You don't even know. I'm like smiling just doing this right now. Um, but I'm very excited and, um, we will have more Cynthia episodes in the future, probably most of them. Um, I will be discussing her fashion sense. I will be talking about um, the different periods in Cynthia's life. I'll be talking about my favorite quotes in John, the book. Um, We'll have a special day on her birthday. You know, we're going to do so much with her and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, But this was just sort of a little intro episode into who she is and her lasting legacy in Beatles history and why I think she's the fifth Beatle, why she is probably the most important um, member of the Beatles history and... um, why she's just an incredible human being and why it makes me so happy that um, 
she's getting recognized for her legacy and so forth um but yeah this has been such an incredible fun episode you guys and again thank you all for listening it's meant the world that you all like take the time to actually listen to my little podcast because it's so weird you know you guys know that i uh, (laughs) i i'm redesigning my room at the moment so um i've had to like get new things and i don't actually have like a desk right now where i would usually record this um so i'm literally like in my parents closet which is like the funniest thing only because actually i think the sound is way better in here it like muffles everything and i'm able to like get some privacy which is always great um (laughs) so i'm literally smiling in my parents closet right now just because it's um I get to do this and it's so much fun and I'm so excited for you guys to like hear more episodes. So, um, yeah, here I am smiling in a closet, but thank you all who listened, who follow me on Instagram and who've given me such great reception. Um, again, I'd like to shout out to, um, Jude Kessler's book series, the John Lennon, um, book series. Please check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, and also I will link you all to her blog post about why Cynthia is the fifth beetle and why I truly believe that to be true. So you guys can all read that. It should be on my link on the She Loves You podcast Instagram. Um, and go ahead and read John, you know, uh, find out about Cynthia, find out about her legacy, her life, her life with John, what, um, her inspiration did to John and, um, so forth. You can read about their love story which is a very sweet one, I think. Um, And yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. Um, And um, also let me know, you know, on my Instagram, if there's anything that you would like to see in particular about someone that you, you know, I might have missed, you know, that I don't talk about. um, And what more of you'd like to see, because I like to get input. So it would be really, really nice of you to show me the input. um, Because I always like to know what everybody wants and it's always good to get sort of a response and um yeah i'll, I'll maybe see you in a future q a a face reveal even though you probably all know what i look like but um maybe like a little face reveal or something so we'll see um and i cannot wait to talk to you guys next time um our next episode will be on paul mccartney's first muse the wonderful and incredible jane asher i cannot wait to talk to you guys about her i'm very very excited so i'll see you guys in episode three